This episode is brought to you by Keeps. To receive your first month of hair loss treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash laser. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Laser Time. I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. One of the usual gang of Schmendrix, uh, Chris <laughs> Shamtista, and who is joining us? Uh, Michael Raparas of Video Game Apocalypse huh. from afar, and uh, yes. other special guests. Hey, Kevin. Kevin Cole from Cap City Video Lounge and yeah. TrashCinemaCollective.com. Bam! And we're all here because we are fans. I'm gonna pour one out for the dearly departed. <laughs> Come on, yeah, mad. <laughs> Courtesy of Quincy Jones. Uh, I I don't like the way I've seen anybody cover the demise of Mad Magazine. And given how important it was for me, uh, I wanted Laser Time to give a tribute to what I consider, uh, I don't know, an unforgettable pop culture institution that deserves a little more respect than what I've seen go around on the internet. Am I, am I alone in this? No, absolutely not. It, it absolutely deserves respect. I think it was uh, incredibly formative in the uh, in the senses of humor of a lot of important people. Yes. Uh, myself mm. included, definitely. <laughs> not important, but, you know, definitely a person. Yeah, and we're going to go through the legacy, a little bit of the history, um, but first I, I wanted to start off just to keep, if you hate the idea, let's make fun. Let's kick Mag- Mad Magazine in the dick a little bit. I never, ever <laughs> get tired of that. But I've been doing this for years with you on podcast, Michael. Yes. Uh, the idea of the mad satire. They mm-hmm. have, I think, intentionally the dumbest names of all time, <laughs> When it, like the stupidest puns whenever they make fun of a movie. It's technically a parody, but I think that's the joke in and of itself. They call it a yeah. mad satire. Uh, mm-hmm. But but like you know we'll get into it a little later. But like when I would in a smaller world without access to DVDs, like this introduced me to movies I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. especially if yeah. you could find old issues. Absolutely, I I know movies inside and out that I have never seen because right. <laughs> I remember the Mad parody so well. Right, right. So it, like again, to Mad's credit, it opened up my world to a bunch of shit I never knew existed when I was basically living in a land of cartoons and at best Disney and Marvel shit like that was it and I remember having mm-hmm. like a deep affection for horror movies and mm-hmm. it wasn't until Mad Magazine showed up and they kind of would make fun of horror movies a little yeah. bit which made them a little bit more accessible for a really young Kevin yeah exactly like uh, like to, before we yeah I don't even care we'll say it now that like um, <laughs> Mad Magazine opened up my world to a bunch of pop culture stuff I didn't mm-hmm. know existed and it sort of let me know what my parents were doing and talking about. Yeah, where yeah. I didn't have any concept of that when I was nine years old. Otherwise, so but they would. But every time a movie or TV show became popular enough or was new, or I don't know, I guess had a good trailer given that print lead time, they'd mm-hmm. make a big giant satirical comic about that film and they'd give it a stupid yeah. title. I remember we were talking on thirty twenty ten. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out, and I remember that issue because that was the issue with the Ninja Turtles on the cover. It did No Holds Barred and Indiana Jones, which is just like this weird trifecta of my 1989. <laughs> if it had covered UHF, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. And I remember the parody was titled In Banana Jones and His Last Crude Days. <laughs> oh, Jesus. First part, stupid. Last part, 
That's pretty okay. Yeah, His yeah. last crude days. <laughs> so I wanted to I see. I think I've got that No Holds Barred uh, parody. I don't know if it's the Mad parody or the Cracked parody that had that joke about like, my name is Zeus because I have the strength of a god. No, your name is Zeus because that's how you smell. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but that that their 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 parodies were kind of like this intersection of like a Cliff's Notes that like told me about what was in the movie, but at the same time it was like an introduction to film criticism, mm-hmm. where like yeah. you know they they criticize the movie at every opportunity and like just take the piss out of it while at the same time just reenacting it. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything else that does anything quite like with that. beautiful art. And I've always complimented Michael on this, and we do write sketches usually just for the Oscar show. I think your sketches, my sketches are like SNL with a character. Can't believe we're in this location. And they set up, <laughs> it's like a one room uh, sequence. Whereas I think your all your sketches read a little more like mad stuff. Yeah, it's definitely very inspired by that that style of parody. Yeah, like where the characters are, are simultaneously telling you who they are, but deconstructing who they are and why mm. they're there uh, very quickly. Whereas mine are just very fucking laughing. Uh, but I want to get just a little quiz for people who hate Mad Magazine. We can make a little fun of it. I wanted to see if you could guess what the, what the parody of this mad thing was called. So in Banana Jones, we've covered that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've covered that. Can you guess? Oh, my God. Ghostbusters? I'm going to let you go in order. Kevin, Ghostbusters, Mad Magazine called their parody of Ghostbusters what? Uh, Ballbusters? Ooh, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> but it was 1984. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael, think I, lame. <laughs> God, Ghostbusters? Uh, oh, no, that was the Bob Hope version. No, it was it was the uh, Ghost right. Dusters. Oh, I, Ghost Dusters, nice, yes. And it's it's usually pretty easy to get. I mean, we did this on on like the on old talk radar video game podcast. We're like, what would Mad Magazine call oh. this? Uh, call <laughs> this right. game Assassin's Crud. That's because uh-huh. <laughs> they used a lot of words like that. Because th- despite how people are writing about this thing, I'm seeing like the pejorative boomer thrown around a lot. These were the greatest generation. <laughs> they were those were the writers. They and they have a bunch of terms we don't use anymore. Absolutely. Well, and and like these were guys who like came up in the fifties and sixties and mm-hmm. like just stuck around with the magazine into like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that the the parody names like they almost always had to rhyme. They had to be as close to the original as possible, and that's why I think. The last issue of Mad that I read had a Hunger Games parody mm-hmm. where they had uh, Katniss Everdeen as cat food asper cream. <laughs> and it's just like, that is, that is, no, cat piss never clean is sitting right there. And you go for cat food, which doesn't rhyme, and asper cream, who, who knows what that is? Fuck you. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I guessed your Zeus thing was from Cracked because Mad Magazine always changed the name of the characters. Mm. I'm going to yeah, guess Hulk yeah. Hogan's I think, Rip I think you're was called right. Jip. Uh, I'm just going to guess. At a certain point, those things become indistinguishable Mm -hmm. but but like cracked was always like way lower quality back in the day yeah cracks to to, by comparison cracks 2.0 version i think is almost is tying two on the web uh Mm. but but again we want to talk about like how does shit like this is there room in pop culture for stuff like this but until then quiz uh mash mad magazine has been around for almost 70 years so it's covered a lot of ground mash what would what's a lame thing what can you do with the word mash? I think I know this one. Kevin, Kevin any, if you want to guess some mash. No, you go for it, man. Uh, mush. Dude, mush? Mush. <laughs> See, don't overthink it. Don't, don't overthink it. If it's the first, thing you're, the first thing you're thinking, that's probably it. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh, and, okay. And except I got some ones that were really funny. Um, for me, I was introduced to the entire series of movies through uh, old magazines that I found at my, in my uncle's 
my uncle's parents' beach house uh, trunk that was like Mad Magazine for the 1960s and 70s. So there's like no TV and I'm at the beach. I devoured these things. Like I know about the Clint Eastwood movie, The Gauntlet through Mad Magazine. <laughs> wow. But I've, I found out about a little series called Planet of the Apes and I'm like, this looks mm-hmm. really cool. Hell yeah, man. And what do you think they called Planet of the Apes? Kevin in uh, Mad Magazine. Planet of the Grapes? Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no. Hmm. Michael. Oh, that's a, hmm. Uh, and they did this five times. <laughs> That's very close. <laughs> planet of the Apes. It's it's the planet that went ape. Oh, <laughs> planet that mm. went ape. That's a bit lazy. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a mad satire of title. Of course, of course. And uh, but then these these are ones I just thought were kind of funny. Uh, and I don't expect anybody to get this. Columbo. <laughs> Told you, Mad Magazine's been around I, for a while. I know this one. I know this one. Do you really? Go, Go for it, Michael. Uh, Cladumbo. It, it is a mix of Claude and Dumbo because <laughs> I remember I, I was looking at even the LTC comments of like Mad Magazine was just offensive for offensive sakes. Claude Dumbo, that's what <laughs> Claude Dumbo. Oh, like wow. I think you're thinking of a different magazine. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's that's mm-hmm. a, that's a joke safe for Oscar the Grouch, um, <laughs> yeah. the Jeffersons. <laughs> the Je- uh, I know at least one of these, and it's it's dumb as hell. Which one? Uh, the Jeffersons? No. Oh. It's, this I think one, they were just called that within a parody of something else. This one's a little sweaty. Um, it's the Jazzy Slums, <laughs> which is almost <laughs> wow. a better name oh. for the wow. Jeffersons, oh, if no. you don't mind being a little offensive. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, just to emphasize how long Mad Magazine's been doing it, and I guess this show's been all over for a couple years, Parks and Recreation. Kevin. Parks and Recreation. What did Mad Magazine call it in its parody? Uh, Barks and Retardation. <laughs> wow. No? <laughs> a, a little further than Mad, Mad would go. Fair Mike, enough. Michael, um, any... I, I, I keep thinking of the, the comedy Bang Bang parody name, which was Farts and Procreation. No, oh, I'm sorry. Too, also too clever. It's Regular Parks and Regurgitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's the official one. And finally, finally, Mm-mm. it takes us our final round, Star Wars. Uh, Mad Magazine. I, I mean, like, before I could get Star Wars on VHS, Mad Magazine was one of, a magazine was one of the few ways you could revisit this these films. And it was super they reprinted them all the time because they were so popular, mm-hmm. the mad satires oh, yeah. of Star Wars. Um, can anybody and these are terrible titles, but I think you can get them. Kevin, Mad Magazine Star Wars parody. There's no new hope yet. It's 1977. Right, right. Uh, Star Wars. What is just Star Wars? What does Mad Magazine call it? Lard Horse. Dude, that's good. Too good. Oh. Michael, Michael, anything? It's uh, terrible. Was it just Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but it, all of both of those are better than Star Roars. Roars. Star what? Wars. Roars. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. It gets better as they. It gets better as they like go. Lion Roars. Yes, like Lion Roars. Uh. I believe this is also the parody where. Um, R2-D2 calls C-3PO the F-word. Um, <laughs> it's a different time. Different time. Uh, and the Empire Strikes Back. So keep the Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. Kevin. Empire Smokes Crack. Dude, that is too good. You think you think like later in the 80s that would have been perfect. Uh, think 1980, Michael. The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the Empire Strikes Burp. Dude, <laughs> why did you give up when you were? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, incorrect. What? That was it? No, no, no. no. It was because I, I was like, you're so close, but like, you were just 
You just said the regular title. Uh, it's The Empire Strikes Out. Oh, Empire wow. Strikes Out. Oh, man. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the only one that's like, that's pretty good. Return of the Jedi. I don't, I don't dislike this one. This one, I don't think anybody will guess because it's like it's mildly clever. Return of the Pink Eye. Ooh, that is pretty good too. No, no, no. Michael. I was going to say the same thing, but with Red Eye. I don't <laughs> think that's... <laughs> what if you didn't change Jedi? And change um, return. Hmm. I need to put you in the... Imagine you're mildly overweight and 65 years old and Return of the Jedi is just coming out. It's 1983. <laughs> uh, you can't see very well. You don't like this punk rock music, but you're glad disco is gone. <laughs> Hemorrhoids of the Jedi. Ha- Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, I wish. I wish. Uh, Rehash of the Jedi. Oh, not bad. Oh, yeah. See that is not see that. not yeah. bad. And that's the, the, uh, there's so many jokes in Mad magazines. They're all not going to be winners. But when you have a a job like an SNL or a South Park, you mm-hmm. do strike out every once in a while because you're you only have something new to work with. That's it. How can they call something Rehash of the Jedi when Episode Nine isn't even out yet? <laughs> and I, I I'm trying to remember because i I'm still buying the magazine. I bought the latest issue featuring Alfred e. Newman. It says the uvula gang, gang of idiots, and it's inside of his mouth. And I, he is the uvula. But uh, we'll talk more about Mad Magazine's legacy, how sad we are, right when we get back from this short break. What is up, fellas? Losing a little on the dome? It's okay, losing your hair sucks. Hey, but two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35, but you got Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair that you have. You don't have to pay full price for FDA-approved products. In fact, for a limited time, you can receive your first month of treatment for free just by going to keeps.com slash laser. Keeps is super easy to get started with and takes less than five minutes to sign up for. On their website, a licensed physician will review your information and give you the right treatment. And better still, it ships right to your door every three months. Remember, these are not magic pills, but FDA approved hair loss products. The generic stuff. You may have even tried them before, but not at this price. And Keeps treatments are 90% effective in reducing and stopping further hair loss. Stop paying exorbitant amounts of money for hair loss treatment because Keeps will let you do it between 10 and 35 bucks a month. Plus, you can try out your first month free right now. That's one hell of a deal for keeping your hair. So if you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor. So with Keeps, there's finally a way to get the help you need when you need it. And for a limited time, you can receive your first month of treatment for free by going to Keeps.com laser. Once again, that URL is K-E-E-P-S dot slash laser l-a-s-e-r come on is the world of today getting you down well then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies tv games and more 30 20 and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010 here's a clip from 1999 I, I, yeah i added a clip and it's just called oh my god best scene because so much of it like you said it's about you know there's this heat wave and then the power goes out there's riots and and you know in the background is this maniac is just shooting people dead and this movie's really good um if you know unsubtle because it's likely but it's really good until we actually get to see david berkowitz uh the son of sam <laughs> killer mm-hmm. played by michael Badaluco. now if you know the story um he says that he was told to kill by uh, his neighbor's dog right mm-hmm. and there is a scene depicting this yes there is 
Ooh. And the dog's mouth moves like he's going to tell him to roll a beautiful bean footage. Oh my god! <laughs> it is the moment where it's like, I was with this movie and then I saw this scene and I laughed so fucking hard. So, roll that beautiful bean footage. I thought I killed you, Mr. Blackstone! How did you get in here? Leave me alone! What do you want? I want you to go out and kill. Kill! 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 <laughs> I will kill! I will kill! God, please, please oh remind me. We gotta put that on our Facebook. I like, cannot believe they made that good boy it's... say those words. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I love that we've gone, if, if you're a fan of Spider-Man on film, your heart has gone through all these different arcs, and I do feel oh, like... Man we've arrived finally at like this feels really good <laughs> yeah it does. when when are we giving the uh, spoiler warning when when are we allowed to dive into spoilers hey go ahead i, I say right right now spoiler um yeah, right now this Far is from the spoiler spoilers. cast so. uh so speaking of other spider-man movies how about that stinger at the end there so that's that. we're jumping right to the end huh Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. In with it's a guess. That's magnificent. Off of yeah. the, uh, I don't know. I, try, I had this written down. What is this album called? Uh, Musically Mad. It's a gas uh, from like the from I think 1963. Uh, Mad Magazine had a couple of albums, a couple of things recorded on wax, and I think that's that's part of the point when people say, "Oh yeah, the magazine's dead." Like Mad Magazine reached every medium uh, mm-hmm. throughout its tenure there, and just just. Briefly, or I don't really care. I wanted to talk about what Mad Magazine meant to us. I looked it up. My first issue was April uh, 1999. No, it was 1989, the April issue, so probably January, uh, at 286, right before the Who Framed Roger Rabbit one. So I guess I couldn't ignore whatever this was anymore. But my parents bought it for me, and I opened it up. And I was talking with Michael off mic, and we started singing the Beatles song parodies from that issue. Like, you remembered them as well as I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the... He needed roll on band that one. Yeah. He, needed he needed roll on band. Yeah, it, there was there's one about like he did oh he didn't say Bud Light and now he's something on the rack. So I'm 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 8. I don't know any Beatles songs. So I I'm reading these but like <laughs> I didn't either. Like I I just sort of sounded it out in my head like imagining what these songs yeah. would be like mm-hmm. and I was wrong in every single case. Cuz Digel is the one I remember, a product I've never seen in real life but deals with old people's gas. Remember I told you who was writing this magazine? Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, remember Digel, you're swell, this gas bloated me like hell and I'm like this is hilarious. 
that there's nothing else doing this for me. There's no one making fart jokes on television or in movies for little Chrissy, but Mad Magazine is doing it. It blew my mind. And I, yeah, didn't I, 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 I tried my best to find that issue. I wanted to sing these songs, like make an effort. Uh, that's that, that's a palette swap ninja job. I'll put Dan on that. He yeah, did. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I couldn't find them because like there's a great website out there that archives all the covers. But like mm. that first year, 1989, like the magazine was so formative to me. The Batman issue is like a couple weeks, a couple months away. Yeah, that was my first was the Batman. Really? With, with the haircut? Yeah. Like that struck well, me as Oh, like, no, no. I think it's just Alfred E. Newman. He's wearing a Superman logo. On a Batman, so it might be Batman Returns. Am I, okay, yeah, that's the one I remember getting. That was my first. But but I think that's how, what drew people into Mad Magazine. It's mm-hmm. like this is about what you like. Oh yeah. And uh, and I don't know. Just as a kid, it hit mm-hmm. me. It was like the first. It was the like someone pointed out is it's an adolescent thing, and I can see that. I've still enjoyed the magazine throughout mm-hmm. the years. I I don't think it it doesn't specialize in biting commentary because I I, know, no. I saw a bunch of responses like. Uh, old boomer humor I'm like no the art's pretty good and there's mm-hmm. there's some genuinely funny stuff in there and in the world of comic strips like Mad was way funnier at least strove to be funny even when it wasn't whereas I don't know what the fuck High and Lois is doing so <laughs> <laughs> well like I don't know if you remember there at least I'm not sure if it's still around there used to be a magazine like in the 90s and early 2000s mm. called Adbusters yes and yeah. at their beginning like what they would do is they would just like do these very biting satirical mock-ups of popular ad campaigns and that like used to be mad's bread and butter right like that that used to be a lot of what they did and uh they even had um they they did a parody of my fair lady that was called my fair ad man and it was starring like uh, like caricatures of frank sinatra and cary grant and uh like they they the, in their their reign in Spain is an ad that's bad will end up spoofed in mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was reading articles from William Gaines, the founder and publisher of Mad Magazine, and he was he said he was inspired by a, a 1940s magazine. And I love this called the Ballet Who that would make fun of its sponsors and like would get in trouble. And I, I remember picking up those issues because I'd pick up older issues and I'd see advertise like I didn't have any context of this advertisement, but their Winston parodies I remember mm-hmm. to a T because it. There was an ad campaign. If it wasn't for Winston, I wouldn't smoke. And it shows this cool woman in all denim and bell bottoms with a cigarette in her hand. He's like, I, my my fingers wouldn't be stained yellow, and I also wouldn't cough. Uh, and like, and all this all this other shit, but looks like a real ad with real Winston stuff. It mm-hmm. was more subversive mm-hmm. than I think people are giving it credit for now. Because like, yeah. what, the the shit I'm reading about people people's criticisms of Mad Magazine, like oh, it's gross out humor for gross out sakes. Like, what are you thinking of National Lampoon? Because that has a couple yeah. cool yeah, documentaries maybe. about it, which is like, I mean, Mad doesn't hold up that well either, but, you know, it's of the time. But it, right, it right. didn't make its bones being, in fact, it, we'll see later on, it paid quite a bit of money to remove itself from something it thought was offensive and didn't want its name on. But I, I don't know. I, don't, I never saw gross out humor Mad. However, I did open up that first issue, Alfred E. Newman, on a float, on an ice float. And it's like, there's cursing and nudity and fart jokes in this. I, I need this magazine forever. Oh, yes. And most of them were Sergio Aragones mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Margin oh, cartoons, because yeah. he seemed to be able to get away with like tiny little bits of nudity. Yeah, uh, he he could like draw little dots and it's like, oh, shit, nipples. <laughs> yes. That was very Nipple exciting sexy for, lady. for an eight or nine year old. So, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think Mad um, probably deserved a little more credit in shaping shaping humor in general. But it's also like people aren't looking at a conjunction it, it, right now. There's a story about the nib almost falling out of existence. Mm-hmm. And, and my, I wanted Michael on the show. Cause we both made fun of like last year, newspaper comic strips, which meant the world to us. 
And I'm sure it has something to do in a much smaller world. And I know it can, they can be hard to survive in 2019, but like the nib was having a hard time making ends meet just based on ad revenue. And they were trying, try, mm. trying to pay all their contributors a proper wage and trying to make money off ad revenue. That doesn't work for comic strip people. You ever seen that documentary stripped? Um, yes. Bill Watterson did the art for the poster and it's, it's, oh man, I gotta check that out. Yeah. It's a okay. bunch of, it, he, he has voices in it for a, a little while. And there's, I, I, I'm sure there's many reasons our, some of our listeners will hate the penny arcade guys and like, just do internet, man, ad revenue. And everyone's like, mm. none of that works for us. <laughs> I, I write the most, I write mutts or, uh, pearls before swine. And like those, that doesn't generate anything as far as revenue yeah. goes. You're like the only guys that does work for. So I worry about this art form in general. I, I mean, maybe it doesn't, doesn't mean anything to people in 2019. That's, that's fair. But like the idea that Mad Magazine is basically a collection of short humor comics, where do, they, where do, they, where do those go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, and if, and if you hadn't picked up a recent issue, like it, I think the older magazines had kind of this like tone. These are the same old guys have been doing it forever. But the new mm-hmm. issues are just like wall-to-wall indie comics. Every page is a different art, artist. Writer artist, like writer artist driven short form comics, like where do those people go? I don't know. I don't know. Like, is is Playboy still playing paying people to make comics in their issue? I don't know. I don't know. We gotta have our buddy Nathan on. Is like I, we know an actual editorial cartoonist. That's right, man. And and, you gotta talk to. and it's I don't believe it's his full time job <laughs> <laughs> because that's but and that's what sucks. Because yeah, if you don't if you don't care about Mad, look at what's happening to the Nip. Mm. A great great uh, mechanism. Because I know Michael, you're a huge fan of web comics, right? Oh, and enormous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are are Patreon supported. You know, mm-hmm. Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. Uh, Boom! <laughs> I didn't even have to do it. <laughs> I, I know there's a world, and I I I, I like that there's a Patreon. It's just like I figured Mad could be the last one standing. With yeah. cracked and the occasional issue of crazy, all gone. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into some Simpsons stuff later on. But I thought, like, the new issues of Matt are really good if you like comics. Fantastic bathroom reading if See, you that, value That your is both exciting and disappointing to hear because I kind of abandoned, you know, stopped reading Mad sometime around college and then, like, came back to it, saw, like, the DC comics run and was kind of like, well, this is, like, the color is nice, but I feel like the overall quality of the satire is way down but but if they brought in all these indie artists like that's that sounds amazing well i think i think that's one of the reasons um some of the younger folks turn up their nose at mad because it Mm. it still takes its takes a middle middle of the road slant uh towards political stuff even though it has an issue congratulating jfk on his win it was always political Mm -hmm. but like william gaines is like was a fierce republican got his jokes in there's they had plenty of fierce liberals got their jokes in and they're and they're Mm -hmm. never that biting they're like way sub snl mm-hmm. and i think once we grew older there was no there was no reason for maddie even be covering that subject matter if they weren't going to say anything of value but they but like trump has been on the cover of almost every issue <laughs> mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. uh since it relaunched last year at number one i'm man of the year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're schmendrick of the year <laughs> i don't know what this impression is i don't either i don't either <laughs> But uh, but that's why I wanted to go back a little bit to the to where Mad Magazine comes from, and, and that to me is is sort of why it's important. Mad Magazine fought some battles that we don't have to fight anymore to give us mm-hmm. things that we liked and uh, right. and humor that we liked, and none of it is like like crazy offensive. But uh, the first issue of Tales to Drive You Mad was came out in October November of 1952 as a comic book, uh, mm-hmm. and it would be known as the last comic book from what 
comic. Say EC comic. There you go, yeah. Kev. I yep. knew you'd know this. Um, uh, EC comic books because uh, William Gaines, and it was written mostly by Harvey Kurtzman and a bunch of other uh, artists illustrating things. But mm-hmm. that um, EC comics, after uh, what was what's that book? Seduction of the Innocent and a bunch of moral yes. panic over uh, yeah. comics in general. Like EC became a huge target. They didn't have moral, even they didn't have the luxury of even a moral superhero like Superman. They were making mm-hmm. romance and then really gravitated towards war and then really oh, towards yeah. horror and sci-fi. Yeah. And horror and crime. And I was I was actually just reading about this in uh, Completely Mad by Maria Reidelbach, mm-hmm. which is a, a great, great coffee table book that everyone should run out and get if it's even still in print. I don't know. But uh, it, it talks about that, like, so when they put out Mad, before they put out Mad, like Harvey Kurtzman was doing these very meticulously researched war comics yeah. and uh ec artists and writers were getting paid by the comic book and so he was putting up maybe six a year and it wasn't really enough to pay his bills so uh he and bill gaines were talking and bill gaines is like well you came to me with like a bunch of great humor material why don't you just do like a humor book that you could knock out in a week and so he knocked out the first issue of mad in like a week but a big and- oh wow and it was going to be like a- we're we're going to parody other comic books <laughs> And that, that's how Mad got its start. Yeah, I think I've, I've read the reprinted, like, Bat Boy and whatever. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very early period of Batman. The art style, like, you could show that to anyone today. It's wordy, but, it like, it <laughs> looks like it was made yesterday. Do, do you know that Bat Boy and Ruben got Bat animated Bo- in an episode of The Batman? Yeah. Yeah, Batman Brave and the Bold. Bold whatever yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, it, like after it, at this point, it's not under the DC umbrella. And, like, trying to look in the acquisition history... That all these companies were acquired by a New Jersey parking company, and then and then, and then gave it the name. Just every time I think media is the most important thing in the world, like nah, these people who made parking lots—they were pretty big in the 1960s. They swallowed up Warner Brothers and DC and Mad, and uh, combined them into Warner Communication. Uh, wow! But but yeah, that that but basically, but the other side of that story is that Tales from the Crypt, which those comics get reprinted, they're really good. Oh yeah, they're excellent. Mm-hmm. They're really good, and I, I for some reason growing up going to comic stores in the 1980s, they were being reprinted in color and I was just buying them not knowing they were old. Uh, not knowing they were old at all. So like I would, Vault of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, Weird Science. I was buying all those shit, but they were massive targets. And I think that the story goes from, what's that that comic, Judgment Day? Where William Gaines had enough as an example of the kind of censorship they were going through. Yes, like, yes, yes. Even being brought up in like Congress and shit is like purveyors of filth and, and the cause of juvenile delinquency. And he and there's an astronaut, he goes to this alien planet, sees robots of different colors, and I'm better because I'm orange, I'm better because I'm blue. And he's like, he just shakes his head, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the comic, pulls off his helmet, and he's a black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets a call from the Comic Code Authority, which at yeah. this point... Which was set up after the congressional hearings. It's yes. like, it's, it's a stopgap, a governmental oversight board, which is bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was their MPAA, which, like, mm-hmm. in, our, in my lifetime, I got to watch all comics abandoned. And I'm glad they did, because it didn't make mm-hmm. much sense, especially when the medium's not doing well. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like... Can't be guy can't be black, like huh? Uh, well, but, you know, what they objected to specifically was he has sweat on no. his forehead. You can't show a black man sweating. That's uh-huh. that's the fu- <laughs> that's the fight he tried to win after he was like 
why can't he be black? And like, look, I just don't blah, blah, blah. I, like, and he lost that fight. Like they had to keep fighting with the comic code authority and like, fine, you can keep your black guy, but he can't be sweaty at the end. So if you look at the issue, he's glistening with stars all over his face as a final fuck you to the comic codes authority. It's, it's, it's that one, that picture alone is, is on the wiki. I have that issue, but like, uh, yeah, it's just a shitty fight that, like, you know, when it's someone's job to overregulate something, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and but well, what I read is that he he won that fight when he threatened to sue. He threatened to sue and, he, and he tell, just had enough and tell like, people was, like you are you are saying a character in a comic can't be black. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I will tell everybody that this is why you're cutting this out of the comic. And you know the what is it the er, the early sixties. No, no, I'm, I'm, my timeline's all over the place. The, the early fifties, so so no, late, ba- it would have been late fifties. Well, the, well, basically, Mad became a magazine to avoid the comic code, and it, as because yeah. EC couldn't exist because it was it was such a fucking hot target, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I wonder. I don't know. I probably wouldn't be around now anyway. But like they, those comics hold up, man. I really oh, like them. Time. Yeah, they're well, just it, it wasn't just mad. Like mm-hmm. all of their line, like was transmuted into this quote unquote adult pictofiction yep. format, where it was like black and white, printed in magazine format, so that they could avoid the comics code. And all of them failed, except for Mad. Except for that Mad. was like their only title, so they were in like dire financial straits. Because mm-hmm. I guess being humor it had a larger crossover audience than like. War mm, stories and sense. even even romance, which they were. It's hard to believe the same guys <laughs> writing Mad and fucking uh, Vault of Horror were also writing romance comic books. Uh, but but yeah, we basically have Mad Magazine to avoid comic censorship, mm. and I think that's 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 really interesting because I don't know if you grew up the way I did. My parents weren't totally gung ho about like allowing me to watch certain things. We didn't have HBO in our house. I know like if I was at a sleepover and I'm nine, like, can you watch a Freddy movie? Like, yes, we don't want to ostracize him from the group. (laughs) He can watch a Freddy movie. But like, but my parents were still, as with schools and almost anybody, as long as he's reading, we don't care. And Mm. and I think that approach was taken to magazines too, because like Mad Magazine was my introduction to Mad Magazines that weren't Ranger Rick. And and, and just magazines (laughs) were getting away with all kinds of content Mm -hmm. that you couldn't do in any other medium and a kid could pick up. Like as long mm-hmm. as you're reading, it's okay. You could, yeah, it was the one on like the bottom shelf at Publix. You yeah. know, you go into the grocery store. It was there when you're sitting there, Indian style? That's you go you, pick up Mad Magazine, Crack you, Magazine. I forgot about it. You brought that up. Just that, like, yeah, when your mom's shopping, uh-huh. you go to the magazine rack. You don't have an iPhone yet. There's no Fortnite video to watch. That's right, man. Not what, judging what catches Fortnite. your eye. Yeah, the Mad Magazine. That's mm-hmm. that's where I started reading them, and and yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like. Mad instantly, instantly just pulled me in, and like I think Absolutely, a lot of other people man. had that story. And it, something about something about it just um, I don't know. I, I'll compare it to Weird Al later. Like what it can, what it does can't really get old. So I'd always check in on it. Also, I didn't have a phone in the early two thousands when I'm delivering Chinese food. Sometimes there's nothing to do, so I had to buy a magazine because like I can't look at it. There's no internet for me, mm-hmm. and I'd check in on magazine the two Mad Magazine the two thousands, and I think it was fully acquired by DC, and they. Some I think in the year 2001, they added ads in color to the issues because mm-hmm. it basically went into the DC model. They were selling ads like they would on any issue of Superman or Green Lantern. Which which uh, a lot of longtime fans, including myself, saw as kind of a violation because like Mad was always kept independent of ads so that it could make fun of them. And then when you have actual ads running in Mad that are sometimes indistinguishable from the uh the content that seems a little insidious and it did and i i I saw like an artist who who went on a rant about like all these people objecting to the ads do you want the magazine to to run or not like this is the only way we can afford to publish and pay people 
Yeah, yeah, and so. that, that's where I was at. Like, as long as this still exists, whatever it, st- it takes to stay afloat. Because I, I, I mean, I wasn't even working in the internet business yet, but I, we all saw that coming. Mm-hmm. And that's what bothers me of the when people are like, ah, good riddance. And like, Mad Magazine, the thing that was going against it in, in this year is it's one of the few comedy anythings with a gate fee. Where else do you pay for comedy? That's true. I mean, you can go see stand up, but everything else is fucking free. You hear, you hear your podcast for free. You see SNL YouTube clips for free. Uh, you can watch South Park for free online. Like everything is free except for Mad, and it couldn't be free. How is it supposed to be free? And I think that sucks because it's it's not that it, like what it did was outdated. It's just that like it had a gate. And what do mm-hmm. you do? It's a fucking bummer. Maybe it needs to relaunch as a site that hosts listicles like Cracked. Yes. <laughs> Which even then, like I think most of the Crack staff that I liked was laid off a oh, few yeah. years ago. So like I, yeah. like the, Sean Baby comes back every once in a while. It's difficult out there for humorous, especially artists. Shit that takes time. Like t- stuff that takes time doesn't isn't monetized well on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not a it's not a video. So like I think that's that's a bummer. We should all look into. I don't. Because I don't know if the visual media format is dead. I can see myself. Uh, Sam's kid, which, Sam still buys Mad for his kid, and his kid loves it. Like it just makes sense to him. He can just flip through it. It's, it's his. He can just dig into it as much as he wants. He's learning about the outside world. He loves it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. it could still work. It's just it's the gate thing. I just couldn't like what mm-hmm. what else is funny and charging you a gate to see. Mad was it. That's the only thing I can think of, other than like maybe the long shot starring Seth Rogen, but but that didn't fare very well this summer either. And uh, <laughs> very true. So so yeah. yeah, Matt Matt had to change with the times. Eventually relaunched, and again, what it what it ended up dying as was this giant collection of independent artists. Like it felt very something like very indie mm-hmm. uh, that that would exist in the eighties, and I, I really liked it. Uh, I kept buying them, but again, I could never tell when they were published. It seemed like once every couple of months, and then they would. The magazine launched at ten cents. I think around the time it was 25 cents, it had a readership of over 2 million people paying 25 cents a pop. So I think in the end, regular issues were $5. I'm like, oh, a Star Wars issue for Last Jedi, $11.95. Uh-huh. So like, it's a special. <laughs> it's a, and, and that Mad not only survived, but thrived off of re- reprinting stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, man, I have so many of those collections. I know, and like, and because... I was seeing a bunch of people cite The Simpsons because The Simpsons makes fun of Matt a lot. And like, <laughs> for the same reasons I would too, but like, because you would end up buying, oh, where's the new issue? Ooh, a sizzling school sucks issue. I remember like, that's hilarious. I think school sucks too. These, apparently, these 75 year old men agree with me. And, <laughs> <laughs> was it the lighter side of hippies? They'll take it So, yeah, on the, on the Simpsons, you have this. I mean, if you watch The Simpsons, you remember this exchange. There's a ton of ribs from The Simpsons on on Mad, but I think it's mostly out of love because mm. oh, totally. oh yeah, because because the fold in there's, there's there's so many fold in jokes on The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. but Al Jaffe's fold in is a ama- if I told you that it yeah. if, if it hadn't existed for 20 years and I told you a guy made that every month, you'd be like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like a little mm-hmm. and it, that he was in, I was reading an interview with him that he was inspired like well Playboy had a fold out and so did Life magazine so we thought it'd be funny <laughs> to make fold in which what. 
that's how you came up with this like brilliant, brilliant. joke puzzle yeah. thing that ran every issue for fifty fucking years. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, and and Al Jeffy deserves more credit. That guy was a fucking genius yeah. to be able to to do what he did. Uh, just yeah, to to create an image like basically in the marginal marginalia of like a bigger image. Yeah, yeah. And in addition to writing and drawing other features for the magazine, that was not all he did uh, until like mm-hmm. his later years, which I think he's still alive. Uh, like some yeah. a lot of these people are still alive, I think but so. yeah. uh, I, like I have a ton of posters of like Don Martin stuff and like Mort Drucker and uh, what's his name Duck Edwing. Who they all eventually went to cracked when they were fired for not getting residuals over these specials, I believe. But uh, mm. yeah, I think I think there was a lot of crossover, especially like when I was reading in the the eighties and nineties, that mm-hmm. like you'd see the same artist pop up in both publications. Especially um, is it Don Edwing that did the. Uh, no, 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 I'm thinking of Duck Edwing. No, uh, who, who's the guy who did like the the feet that like folded over ninety degrees and sound effects like Zlorch? Oh, Don Martin. Mm-hmm. Yes, Don Martin. Yes, thank yes. You. The sound you make the 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 how do you read the sound it makes when you step in dog shit? And I remember it was Splorch, <laughs> Splorch. Yep. And I had I I bought a, a set of like twelve by twelve Mad Magazine posters at some weirdo book discount thing. I have to hang up now because so I can look like an even older man. But uh, but yeah, the first uh, the first magazine cover of Mad Magazine. This is the type of humor it went for because I I still can't believe like it's brash and offensiveness and like no the first issue read uh, uh the first co- the first magazine read uh, this new magazine is vital for you to read and inside you will find an extremely important message from the editors. In the middle of the magazine, it just says, please buy this magazine. And <laughs> it, 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 Sounds about right. I believe they had a cover in the 70s that was just somebody flipping the bird. And that was about the most Ooh. subversive thing that they eventually like, yeah, that was a little too far. That We apologize for that. Because most covers featured whom? Alfred E. Uh, Alfred E. Yeah, Newman. Baby. He became, and he like... It confused me as a kid. Like I remember asking my dad, like, who's this fucking guy? Like it's Alfred E. Newman. Like, but who is he? He's never he, he's never in anything in the issue. Mm-hmm. He never says anything. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he says what me worry. Like not in the eighties or the nineties. He never said anything. Like <laughs> that, was, that, that was on a t shirt. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. And I found this this. There's this really neat old old nineteen eighty three. Uh, I I don't know who did it. It looks like maybe the news called Mad Exposed where they go inside the mad offices. And uh, William Gaines explains where he got uh, Alfred E. Newman from. I then asked him if readers resented Mad's dollar-plus price. I'm sure not. Ask Uh, him something easier! (laughs) (laughs) So I asked him something easier. From whence came Alfred E. Newman? Well, Alfred is uh, about 100 years old. He was first used, and we've researched this quite a bit, he was first used by a painless dentist in Topeka, whose name was Painless Romaine. And they used the picture of Alfred with the tooth missing, and the legend, it didn't hurt a bit. Subsequently, Alfred popped up with his legend, What Me Worry. Uh, See, I, I don't know, I love this, like, no, no straight answer, some borscht belt ass <laughs> string of <laughs> string yeah. of words. Uh, but, but, like, uh, he was apparently inspired by the yellow kid, that's an old comic thing that I was hoping Michael would know more about. <laughs> oh no, I, I know the yellow. Kid. I know you do, but uh, and yeah. that's that's where the name yellow journalism comes from yes. because that was uh, the most popular feature in Hearst's newspaper, mm-hmm. and uh, and it spread a bunch of rumors about like the Spanish are attacking us, and that's how we got the Spanish American War thanks to Hearst. Wow. Um, 
yeah but uh but yeah the yellow kid was was like i always thought he was maybe supposed to be a, a racist caricature but i i'm not sure i think he wore a yellow shirt that like he just, did he didn't have any word balloons it just his shirt displayed his thoughts he looks like if you if you were shooting a really low an even lower budget he-man movie he looks like yeah if you cast a kid as orco because like, like it's, if <laughs> if a baby was six years old or, or like he, he looks like the aliens from mac and me like he looks exactly like that <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, like Alfred E. Newman, like synonymous with the magazine, but like not, didn't do a whole lot else. Like just, it's just weird. Like, cause I think the cracked character had like a backstory and he was in the issue, the mm. janitor guy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. he did stuff, but like Alfred E. Newman is like barely found in the pages of man magazine. Um, yeah. and, 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 and a, a much weirder spot we'll find out later with a, with a very, very weird connection, but he, everybody seems to know who he is. And I was pretty shocked. I felt very old. When uh, recently our mad king, Donald Trump, called uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg Alfred E. Newman, and he's like, I had to Google that. I'm like, damn it, Pete. You're not helping. You're not, if, if, if you helped get Mad Magazine canceled, I'm not voting for you. Uh, I'll vote for Donald Trump before I vote for Pete Buttigieg at that point. Dissing Mad Magazine. Uh, but yeah, and I, th- I believe at some point, they I don't know if it was a joke, but that, that Prince Charles thought it was him. Thought uh, Matt Alfred E. Newman was him and sent a nasty I, I think letter. S- somebody had pointed out that there was a resemblance, or maybe it was the mad guys themselves. Um, they they just showed photos of them side by side. But yes, mm. go ahead. No, no, that, that is that is it. Because but like, he, he, yeah, Prince Charles did write a letter saying it it doesn't look the least bit like me, not the least little bit. And <laughs> the the authenticity of that letter has always been in some doubt. But yes, it apparently. Yeah. Like there are a bunch of indicators. Like it was signed Charles Princeps. It came from London. Uh, who knows? But we we talked a bit about mad satires and the fold in. But there, like that, every couple of pages was completely different. Like that was always really fun for me. You never knew what to expect. But they had some consistent features. You had the lighter side of from Dave Berg. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Sergio Aragone is doing the um, margin art, but he'd also do a mad look at blank. That's right. Yeah. And he was still doing it. And because like none of those comics have like words on them, they like, they hold up pretty well. He's even, there's got a ton of stuff with like smartphones in it. Like th- <laughs> these are just good, decent comic jokes. And there he'd, he'd write like 12 of them an issue. And I love them. Uh, yeah. Mad fold ins. And of course, I think, what do you think the most famous feature within Mad Magazine is? I would always say the fold in mm. is like the iconic yeah. but, feature. But, like Spy versus Spy. There you go. Also, oh, yeah. There ah. you go. <laughs> spy versus Spy. Because I, I mean, I knew it got a terrible game in the 80s. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I forgot I, about that. I didn't know it had a third person shooter in the 2000s for the PlayStation oh, 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Because the, the, the first game was like. I was like, holy shit, a spy versus... Because I loved Spy versus Spy mm. immediately. Because it was... And maybe that's what was irreverent about Matt. It, it was cartoonish violence, the likes of which you wouldn't really see in Marvel or DC, even though they both made short-lived Mad ripoffs. And I didn't know when Principal Skinner says, Mad cracked and even the occasional issue of Crazy. Crazy was a real <laughs> magazine. Also short-lived that ripped off Mad. Uh, and and Marvel had one. I forget what it's called. I wish Chris Baker were here to tell me. Ooh. DC had one too. Uh, there was a bunch of them, and all of them, none of them outlasted Mad. Wait, was Marvel's not brand Ech? That is exactly what it is. I just didn't want to <laughs> yeah, say yeah. it. I, I never know how to pronounce Ech. To, to be succeeded by what the? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what the? And yeah. uh, and the yeah. Marvel mag of mirth and mayhem. But <laughs> it's it's during all this time, like um, the reason why I want to talk about its legacy because it wasn't just. A magazine. They branched out into fucking everything. Uh, I didn't know there was a mad stage play, an off-Broadway stage show in 1966 yeah. <laughs> with an uncredited Stephen Sondheim song 
that ran a hundred over eight hundred performances. That's that insane. I think I, I just wow. read you can find somewhere you can like on. I think they re-released a CD in the last ten years, so you can okay. see what that show was. I'm sure it holds up great. Got to track that down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All I know about it is that it was described by one critic as a bunch of caterwauling idiots in fright wigs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sold, man. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I know people know where we're going with this, but like I, they also cranked out um, some albums that we played a little bit from mm-hmm. It's a Gas earlier in only one time. I think they staged a radio play with uh, its Gall and the Family, All in the Family parody with, with actors and, uh, and music. Wow. And I have a little clip of this, and it's got a very harsh word in it. But, but it's, it's consistent with not only the era, but with what it's making fun of, because they said that word pretty frequently. Hi there, and welcome to the middle American home of TV's first and foremost foul mouth for the rimmage. Storchy Bunker Hill and me, his incredibly stupid wife, Dingaling. Each week, we bring you another episode in our lives filled with hilarious controversy and uproarious vulgarity. Oh, our special guest shock word for this week is faggot. And now, before Starchy gets home and... All right. So, all right. So, wow, okay. So they had sketches and some, some song parodies, but this is the only satire, I think, that was made into a radio play. But, you know, again, All in the Family said that word quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It, it did, and it was, it was the 70s. Let, it, let them alone. Uh, there's no reason. You can't cancel Mad Magazine anymore. It's already mm, gone. There you go. Uh, yeah. But it, uh, Mad Magazine had probably its largest influence on television. Oh, no, I wanted to give a shout-out to the board game because I played the board. For some reason, our school had it. Because, again, it was Mad Magazine was pretty safe for school. I could yeah, walk. Yeah. There was a bunch yeah. of stuff I couldn't do in school, pencil break and paper football. But you could walk around with a Mad Magazine and no one, no one would say anything. You couldn't whip out a Game Boy in class, but you could mm-hmm. pull out a Mad Magazine. Uh, but but uh, the board game, because I thought it was hilarious at the time, and in my 20s, I played on a first date that went very poorly. Oh, I'm sorry, Because uh, well, none of those board games are meant for two people. Like, you can't... <laughs> none of those Milton Bradley Parker brothers, like, go around the board games. Like, maybe you're Hungry Hungry Hippos. You can do that with two sure, people. Sure, yeah. But you can't play Monopoly with two people for in less than 60 hours. Mm-hmm. And Mad Magazine's goal was to lose all your money. And they made it hard to be the, the first and biggest loser. Was but I played a ton of it. I really did. Uh, you, it involved like booing your opponents on cue, and like it's again, it's all very consistent with the magazine. But like Mad Magazine on television, and I'd never seen this before. Uh, and I found this right before we started recording. But um, I, I do love it just because um, the first instance of Spy versus Spy animated and Don Martin's an- drawings done in animation was a 1970 special that television refused to air because even. Like this light seventies body humor was too much. So there's this pretty gorgeously animated Mad Magazine TV special you can see on YouTube with one isolated audio channel. Regular programming will not be seen at this time, so we may bring you the Mad Magazine TV special. With the Automobile Manufacturer of the Year. The Academy Awards for Parents. Mad X-Raving. The Oddfather. A peek behind the scenes at a hospital. 
And the kind of garbage you've learned to expect from Mad's usual gang of idiots. The Mad Magazine TV special is brought to you by... Patreon.com slash laser time. But that's how they threw the break. Uh, that, that's how they threw the break, and it's it's so unrepentantly 70s, I couldn't even oh, get yeah. through it at the moment. Oh, yeah. But but it's it's interesting to know that they, yeah, they went as far as creating a pilot, and it just it was rejected that early. That's uh, a shame, man. That was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing to see, yeah. especially it's at the height of its popularity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it probably would have succeeded in a world with more channels. And this is like, I think the dawn yeah, of cable is like a couple months away in 1974. Mm. Uh, if you listen to Laser Times pay TV episode, it's pretty good. Um, but that's before I get into the TV stuff. I'm sure people are aware of. Oh, I yeah. wanted to discuss. Did anybody, Kevin, maybe up the Academy? Anybody ever see this movie? Up the Academy. It's. I saw it routinely on USA's Up All Night. Um, it's just like. Oh shit! Yes, yeah. no, I know what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah, it's it's a pretty terrible film, but. Taking a, taking a cue from Animal House, uh, that Animal House, I think in what year was that? Like seventy eight to eighty. Mm-hmm. Animal House was National Lampoon's Animal House is the full title of that film because National Lampoon was a very popular magazine that made this completely unrelated movie that was written by its writers, and Warner Brothers wanted the same thing for uh, Mad Magazine. Like, would, and so they had this script, and Gaines and uh, Kurtzman were like, oh, "This makes sense. Kids in a military." in a military academy mm-hmm. doing uproarious shit if you can change some of this offensive stuff so like even in the in like 1980 they were uncomfortable with certain degrees of sexism and homophobia being associated with Mad Magazine and Warner Brothers agreed to change the script hire on their writers and then the final film they did not do that uh, they, they did not they did not do that and Mad Magazine I think they said I think Kurtzman said it had to pay $30,000 to remove their name Holy and uh, image from, from the film because they but didn't wasn't, want... Wasn't hmm. like the school's mascot like a statue of yep. Alfred E. Newman, even mm. though it was a military academy? Oh, it gets worse. Let me, let me give you a little bit of the trailer. All right, all right. From the madman who started it all, Mad Magazine presents Up the Academy. Welcome to Weinberg Academy for Boys, where cadets are in the hands of the most gifted faculty in the nation. Say it again. Mine, sir. Say it again. Mine, sir. Say it again. I I always said, say it again. Like, I I saw this so many times on USA Up All Night uh, with all the the really offensive stuff cut. I've really never seen the full version. Uh, And this will only only work for Kevin if I wanted to show it to you. (laughs) It also featured the first ever on-screen film appearance from Alfred E. Newman. Holy shit, I think of, yeah. And it's mm. horrifying. It's at the very end. <laughs> and I believe one of my favorite people in movies, Rick Baker, it was one of his first things, had to create a mask for Alfred E. Newman. So you see that and Rick Baker makes monsters. And that's what this looks like. He's never made anything more horrifying, it's, it's, honestly. It's crazy because it's like it's like it has what I can only call like the garbage pail kids effect. Like <laughs> you look at this and like this shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this shouldn't be at all. But it's it's just a kid in a mask waving silently. But like but it's also not oh, supposed to be just a kid in a mask. It's supposed to be the real Alfred E. Newman. Mm-hmm. And and just it's it, he says what me worry at the very end, but it's like it's oh it's a nightmare come true. Why is he dressed like an Argentinian dictator? <laughs> it's, he's at the military academy. He's at the, wow, that's what I think the movie's most famous for because it's it is I think literally the only live action appearance 
of Alfred E. Newman Good. in history. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, doesn't do or say much of anything. He's just the mascot. But uh, but I, I think Ralph Macchio's in this. And, uh, and I just love looking at his name. <laughs> it was a Chooch Bambino. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> but up the academy, um, I meant to watch it before this, but it was it was a, it was a difficult watch back then. Like, wanting to watch USA up all night, like more nudity, please. Mm-hmm. But like, but the idea that like there was a certain there was a certain amount of content that Mad Magazine was uncomfortable with. I think I, it should validate it in the people's eyes. Even in the, the laser time community, you're like saying it was just needlessly offensive. Like, I don't think you're thinking of the same magazine. Because uh, mm. I don't know, it was it was again. It's it's somewhere sub South Park and above Oscar the Grouch. That's where Mad Magazine like everything was bad and dumb and uh, yeah and yeah and but but like of course I think everybody's the most familiar with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are watching Mad TV, uh, and and I wasn't. I wasn't like what? I was an SNL guy, you know. Okay, this, this, this also was mostly of the era that um, I, I remember. I started watching it when SNL reruns got pulled from Comedy Central, and they started running Mad. That was okay. I'd never really seen it before. Well, Mad TV was it originally on Fox? Yes. Okay. It I was, remember it was watching the very first Quincy episode, Jones yeah. being tasked with pull, like being the Lorne Michaels mm-hmm. uh, to. Uh, to whatever to, to create the, <laughs> to create an SNL and they license the name of Matt. And the first three seasons has interstitials with Don Martin mm-hmm. uh, animation and Spy versus Spy animation. Alfred e. Newman is featured pretty prominently, but that kind of all mm-hmm. went away. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Well, I remember like even even in Mad, they described it as like ah, oh, Fox licensed our our uh, stuff for their their latest uh, sure to be a flop SNL parody <laughs> or <laughs> SNL ripoff. Uh-huh. And I'm 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 still kind of shocked when I do see Mad TV sketches because there's. You know some bad shit in it, but same thing. You could say the mm. same thing for SNL. It's just as hit and miss as mm. SNL, and and there should be more than one SNL. And the fact that it went for fifteen seasons, I think fourteen on Fox, and they revived a short revival on the CW semi recently. Holy smokes! Okay. Uh, but three hundred thirty episodes. I, I watched like a later episode a few years ago after uh, abandoning it for a long time. And it's like at some point, I think it basically just like the Fox News influence bled over into it and sort of became like a red state SNL where they had like Bill O'Reilly on as a guest. And he was like just... He he was very serious through the whole thing. Yeah, they 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 would have they wouldn't have hosts. They'd have weird guest stars. Then occasionally would Mm -hmm. pretend like goodbye, everybody. And like... This was shot over the course of like seven months, clearly. Like this, <laughs> and there's a bunch of canned laughter, and there's no audience mm-hmm. to speak of. And it's, I don't know, there was th- that aspect of it. There's a lot of canned laughter on, on Mad TV, but it did introduce us to a lot of funny people. Like, uh, like me in particularly, I'll talk about him in a second, but uh, Key and Peel are the most notable people that come out of here. Uh, they, oh, wow. they began on Mad yeah, TV, man. and I didn't recognize them at all. And but that, that got them the job, their job on Comedy Central, which I think is one of the best sketch comedies of like the last 10 years. Oh, by far, yeah. Uh, Key and Peele, but they this is they got their start on Mad TV and you can see a ton of their DNA mm-hmm. uh, in, in Mad TV if you look on YouTube. I just don't know what's their most famous sketch because I remembered Stuart and from Michael McDonald and Alex Borstein's Asian lady. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> again, I was an SNL guy. Yeah, I hear you, I hear yeah. you. And I, it, I also remember like Phil Lamar and Orlando yeah. Jones were In the on first that. season, yeah. Yeah, and Mo Collins and a, b- a bunch of really, really talented people. Funny, it, like it, again, there's funny shit in Mad TV. My favorite. Was Artie Lang on Mad TV? Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yes. Right. Uh, uh, my favorite sketch I've seen is a Michael McDonald one where like um, 
his wife accuses him of cheating because he smells perfume and he has to admit like um my farts can smell like any fragrance and then, <laughs> then a bunch of people come in and name smells and he can fart them out and then they say chocolate and he's like i can't I can't like, why can't you do it? He's like, I have to be upside down to do sweet smells. So he has to do a back bend in this old woman's face to <laughs> fart ice cream scent into her nose. It's ridiculous. But, uh, but here's a little clip of like Key and Peele very early on. Excuse me? I called y'all an hour ago. What's the problem, sir? Get inside and I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining me. Here's what happened. I went outside to get a sandwich. I come back, my door's wide open, all my weed is gone. I'm sorry, did you say all your weed is gone? Come on, Crockett. Don't tell me you don't know what weed is, man. Pop- <laughs> all right. So I don't, like, I was, just, I was looking all over for, like, what are the best Key and Peel sketches? And, like, they're, they're all, like, Almost there. Like I, I, so I'd love to hear what other people have to say. Like a key and peel DNA in Mad TV. I'm just like I was I having think, to go backwards. And then, also, Patton Oswalt got his start on Mad TV. Yeah, as I, think, a writer. I think writing for Mad TV. Oh, um, and he that. he describes it in his autobiography as him just like sitting there playing Doom all day and eventually waiting to get fired. Yes, I believe he <laughs> mentioned like uh, Midnight in the Olive Garden of Good and Evil. There, write that. And that that is what the so there's some really bad early sketches like Gump Fiction. I remember them promoting oh, Sex yeah. Toy Story. That was like on the pilot, wasn't it? Yeah. Dub fiction? Yeah, I was watching yeah. day one because it was mad. I, I, like, I wanted to see it, but I, I, it never never gripped me, and I got into it through Comedy Central reruns that just went away, and then the show disappeared entirely. There's no DVDs. Like, they're, they're barely online. Uh, but I do have a favorite sketch and a favorite performer. It's where I discovered Will Sasso, whom I love. Because I don't know, I don't know what the fiction is, how he ended up, like the same way Bill Hader started playing Vincent Price for no reason at the end of the 2000s on SNL. Because he was good at it? Because he was good. Hell yeah. But man. that Will Sasso started playing Kenny Rogers. And I read, there's a wiki about it. Like it, I just saw Kenny Rogers jackass. And I don't know why that's a sketch that they did. <laughs> but, but it's awesome. And it, it was a, it's a gradual progression I would love to know more about. I just wasn't there to live through it. But Will Sasso, I played it on the show before. It's, uh, I call it the unofficial sequel to my fa- one of my favorite Mr. Show sketches, Pally's about what if you ran Goodfellas on a Sunday afternoon matinee on network television. <laughs> they were making a joke about the Sopranos getting syndicated on A&E. So right. what, if, what if you cut Sopranos uh, for the PAX network? And <laughs> this, this shit always makes me laugh. I watch it like twice a year. Wait, all the gabagool. No more gabagool for you. The doctor said it's bad for you. I don't give a f- <laughs> I get some more gabagool? What am I, your servant? Fuck. You know what? I don't need this you want some gabagool? Why don't you get it from one of your little Russian who? Tell you what, why don't you stop freaking marble? Shit always makes me laugh. Uh, the, yeah. the, like, it's not just that they they bleep the swears, but it's like it cuts to a much later scene. Yeah, people will be dead in a different shot. <laughs> <laughs> Miserable piece of shit. What's the matter with you, huh? You think you can? F- he was a main man. You rat. F- Can't even look at you. <laughs> <laughs> and a great James Gandolfini impression. Uh, oh, but ever since then, like anytime I see Will's ass on anything, that dude rules. He's the king of Vine. R.I.P. to that too. Man can't find, mm, oh, can't yeah. get a good break. Uh, but but that yeah, that ran for a really long time. I'm shocked they let it go because like how much could it have cost, and what the fuck else has Fox had on weekends? 
to speak of. Like where we stand now, where I think SNL is the highest rated scripted show on network television. Mm. Like it's constantly it, where everything is beaten by football and reality shows. Pretty much. Yeah. What if you still had an SNL on the air, uh, Fox? Come on. Yeah. Uh, but but then I, I never even saw. I, I don't, we'll close out with that theme. Maybe that Cartoon Network made a short-lived. I say short-lived. There's like a hundred episodes. <laughs> Cartoon Network episodes were like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, a Mad. It's just called Mad, and it was a it's kind of a robot chickeny animated thing for Cartoon Network, but safe for kids. Which I, I still would argue that Mad is mostly. It does not. It is not Mad. Doesn't Mad. <laughs> It doesn't strike me. It, it has groaners. It doesn't have regrettable shit, like a ton of regrettable shit. Right, true. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, it's a decent format. A robot chicken in the middle of the day for kids, and it lasted from like 2010 to 2013. And but but used a lot of DC licenses too, so it was very robot chicken. But it's a cool intro with Spy versus Spy and Don Martin characters, even a little little Dave Berg running around um, in the intros. <laughs> but that's that's. I just wanted to point that point out that like you know, Mad Magazine isn't just a. Simpsons reference. It's a television show. It's a kid's show. It's yeah. a Broadway show. It's a board game. It's a video game. It did everything. It was records. It did kind of everything. Everything pop culture could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I think Weird Al was um, always really cool with talking about Mad Magazine. Up to the point in 2015, he was the first ever celebrity guest editor. So when they died, he's like, oh, "This is right. so sad for me because." Uh, Another another minor factoid of, of Mad, a battle they fought, because this is this is ridiculous, and you can look this up on your own. Uh, 1961, a group of music publishers representing songwriters Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, etc., filed, filed a 25 million dollar lawsuit right. against Mad for copyright infringement for so- sing along with Mad, like the thing Michael told us we were talking about earlier. Yeah. The Beatles song parodies they just wrote alternative lyrics for songs that existed. And they sued and almost, they got sued. They almost won. Oh. It's when they wanted to go back to court again to get a bigger settlement. that They're like, man, <laughs> fuck this shit. This is parody. Parody is protected by law. Boom. So yeah. I think, I don't want to say anything that declarative, but people like Weird Al owe Matt a debt of gratitude because that, that battle hasn't really had to be fought in our lifetime mm-hmm. where people have to defend mm-hmm. parody to this level. You want to talk about being out of touch, though. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, Cole right? Porter and Irving Berlin. <laughs> Come on, Porter. Uh, they wrote, what, what, is, what is even the, the case there? Like, they wrote alternative lyrics yes. to our lyrics. Yes. Like, w- yeah, what is the case? There's and, no, and, there's and no and music to speak money of. money from you how. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted $25 million of 1961 money. Good God. Yeah. Wow. And they almost got it, but like Mad won that battle. In addition to other battles that they would continue winning, like defamation and uh, just stuff that mm-hmm. like like winning the good fight for comedy that like mm-hmm. we literally don't fight those battles anymore. South Park is never in legal trouble, nor is SNL. Almost like like never because of the battles things like Mad fought for you. And it's not as regrettable as National Lampoon. So stop saying it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's stop. not by well, a long shot. Just, guys. Even going back, to, like I learned so much yeah. from Mad. Like they they would parody Shakespeare. They they would like just kind of combine pop culture parody with literature parodies, and uh, like I, I learned what like Cries and Whispers, the Ingmar Bergman <laughs> film, is wow. because they did a parody with Garfield. Yeah, it was like just Garfield or like yeah Garfield and John like speaking in uh, in Swedish, and like the, the subtitles are like. A life is meaningless. We should die. <laughs> and it's, it's just all over the place. And like, I learned most of what I know about the sixties. I learned yeah. from reading mad magazine. Like I, I only know what the daily worker, like a communist newspaper is because I read about it in Mad. Yeah. And, and I, I, um, 
I mean, just as a minor example of that same thing, like the first issue I read, I, they're making a joke about terrorism in an airport that like um, they were walking through airport security and someone's like, you see that movie Ishtar? I'm like, oh, that fucking bomb. And then that guy gets arrested for mentioning bomb in an airport. <laughs> and like, what yeah. the fuck is Ishtar? They sure mention it a lot in Mad. And <laughs> they so, really do. And, and, and it was like 89. That movie's like 86. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I, was, I was barely a zygote. Like I don't remember fucking Ishtar at all, but I learned about it in like, Kev can probably appreciate this. Like, we grew up loving Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I don't, exactly. it, I wouldn't naturally get much of their gags, but Mad helped me become more pop culture savvy, like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Definitely. Did. It's like a gateway drug mm-hmm. to that. It opens mm-hmm. your entire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, but I truly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a history lesson, and I didn't have to watch one episode of My Three Sons. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't care which Darren was on Bewitched. Like I, I get that reference now. Thank you so much. The, the, the weird thing is, like I think I'm an outlier because I actually saw Ishtar before I saw Mad endlessly make fun of it. How? And I, like I saw it. My dad got it from the library when they started uh, loaning out video cassettes, and that's I saw it as a kid, and I didn't think it was bad because little kids have no taste. You know. You know what? That is another thing with Mad. I'm like, I mean, I went to the library recently to get my library card but i yeah you could get mad from the library i would read oh, wow. mad at the library oh. uh which which a lot of other cool stuff you were into as a kid you couldn't really do and so i understand mad not having a place in the in the future because like i don't know if i had the internet or video games infinite access to that that i would have loved mad as much because like here we are now i haven't finished even the last issue because mm-hmm. i have so many other distractions but i i still love it i, I really wish there was a place for stuff like that we got yeah kevin i have a buddy out there doing all these exhibits for editorial cartoons i still think there's there's a desire for that uh that kind of humor even if even if you listeners are poo-pooing me as we speak uh (laughs) it was one of my first loves like uh Mm -hmm. the comic strip the comic in general like and uh it's it sucks to see the the leading the the leading humor comic publication just go kaput it's one of their words (laughs) but r.i.p man magazine and I don't know. Some of, some of this has. I, I have to to say to poke fun at ourselves. Some of this has a bit of the flavor of like uh, when EGM and Nintendo Power uh, went down. Like I, I noticed one of the unifying threads was all these people saying like, "Well, I haven't read it in about twenty years," but uh, <laughs> that's not where I'm at. But I, I miss it. Kev can yeah, prove it. I have the you, latest issue on my more table. Recently than I have. Sorry. I saw uh, it. I know. Yeah. I, no. I still. I still enjoyed it. It was, but it wasn't the same obsession it was in a, in a smaller world with mm-hmm. uh, less stuff for me. But I, it was always fun to check in on, and and again, a great mm-hmm. a great place for writer artists. Like that's a huge thing, especially you as a web comic man, Michael. Like, it's, yeah. I, I, Patreon. It's great that Patreon exists, but it'd be even greater if people could make their living legitimately through enthusi- the enthusiast press, which is just going away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's there's there's a greater thing there. The idea that Mad Magazine wanted money up front meant nobody wanted it. That's crazy. That's strange. Um, well, what, I think I think there's still a, a, like a value attached to a magazine because you're getting a physical object, but right. uh, but yeah, it's it's obviously going away because there are so many other alternatives for free. You're competing with free, even though the as, free as alternatives Prax likes to point out you're you're competing with the world's largest ever archive of free porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everything on the internet is competing with. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't know how to make something like that exist. I'm just sort of bummed that it doesn't. And is there an alternative? Is there a way for writer, comic artists to be reimbursed and make a living off of uh, off of their work? I don't know, but I hope so. 
I thought I thought Matt had relaunched itself as kind of the perfect vessel for that, and it's it's it bums me out that that didn't take because I swear pick up a, a, a one of the latest issues, so it's only been like six or seven, uh, but they're they're pretty good if you like humor comics. Seriously, it, it, and, and the magazine experience alone is fun because you never know what's on the next page. That's right. It could be a, it could be mm-hmm. a full page uh, splash, an advertisement mm-hmm. parody, or something just totally unique to the magazine. Like I, I don't know, I really really dug it because uh, especially that there were a lot more comics in there now. Not, not because sometimes there'd be like, these are just words. There's no, there's no art. No, there's no art on this page, Mad. What are you doing? Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Any, but anything else on Mad Magazine before we send it off on a nice flip? Because like, uh, it made a ton of its money with specials, reprinting its old stuff. Right. And like in mm-hmm. my dad's era, I meant to get Jeff on because like from uh, the bookshelf. Yeah, man. Because the bookshelf, I'd go in there and find like fifty cent paperbacks mm-hmm. and Mad. I think that's how they made a ton of money in like the sixties to the eighties, reprinting these their stuff into these little paper cheap paperbacks. I love them. I <laughs> I read them all the time. And again, like Michael oh, yeah. said, that's how I got introduced to like almost the entire era of the fucking sixties and seventies mm-hmm. to that kind of shit. Um, oh man, beatniks! What won't they do next? <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for me. Anything else you guys want to say about Mad? Um, yeah. Um, I was I was weirdly invested in Spy versus Spy when yeah. I was a kid to the point where I like made my sister and me like I I drew us in in what I guess would today be called spy sonas uh, where I like was inserting <laughs> us into this this universe and looking back I'm not sure why because like I liked the video game but I wasn't like huge into the video game I think I just really liked the comics and I really liked that world which was created by Antonio Prohias who was right. a refugee from Cuba a uh, Cuban who, satirist who fled because yeah. his art almost got him like arrested holy shit yeah, yeah. Oh, wow mm-hmm. under Castro and that's who Mad Magazine hired again there's a bunch of prolific shit that Mad paved the way for did some good shit I didn't like seeing its reputation slandered by being just this boomer thing, like <laughs> the center oh, boomer that's, thing. That's not fair. I know, I know, I know. But it's just like that, that word gets thrown around pejoratively a lot, uh, pejoratively a lot, just because something's old. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, Mad kind of went down the center of the road, but it's like its purpose was to be a humor magazine for adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, if Dave Berg were to rise from the grave and do the lighter side of millennials, and it's all about whining how you can't get a house because while you're eating avocado toast, then I'd say like, okay, that's boomer bullshit. Yeah, it's they, lazy. They uh, totally did that, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, the, I mean, because again, because Aragones was still writing for the magazine, as far as I know, like new shit, mm-hmm. uh, new shit. Al Jaffe, up until I think the relaunch, it was still doing the fold in. And, uh, and I, I swear, if I told you something, if I, I swear 10 years from now, I'll describe something like Mad Magazine and people who have never, weren't old enough to ever seen it were like, that sounds really cool. I wish oh, that still existed. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. man. It should, mm-hmm. something like that should still exist. But yeah, Argonis especially is a living legend. His, mm-hmm. his Gru comics are amazing. Yeah. Uh, that was another thing that, you know, just formed the basis of a lot of my tastes in childhood. It, it was Idiot bizarre. Barbarian who gets into fights for no reason. Yeah. Like a, a violent, but like a, I don't know, a cartoonish. There's another Cerebus. It reminds me of Cerebus a little bit. It's an, mm-hmm. a, well, it's a, it's a Conan parody, but like the idea is that the the main character is just so incredibly stupid <laughs> that he just keeps falling into all these misadventures and ruining everything for everybody. But you get drawn in because this this off putting art style for such for mm-hmm. the genre and I, and, and grew. Yeah, I've had my moments. Grow. I've forgotten a lot of it, but I, I used I used to get it a lot of it from the library. 
Oh, wow, your your library was way cooler than my library. <laughs> my library wouldn't have carried any of that. Well, they sometimes carried stuff like that, but you couldn't take it home. So, you, like, I would just sit there on a Sunday all day while my parents shopped in the mall that the library used to be attached to. It was oh, a different nice. time. Uh, that mall days, now man. is a bat sanctuary, I believe. <laughs> like ten tons of I think bat. Most malls are yeah. bat sanctuaries. <laughs> yes, it's not just Stranger Things. It's there's some conspiracy happening at the Northwood. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But thank you guys so much. We can find out more at patreon.com slash laser time. We give a bonus show every week. Uh, I believe we'll be talking about the Spider-Man movie uh, with Chris Baker, Chris Clo, and uh, Maddie. We've all we all got opinions on uh, Far From Home. All all pretty good. Uh, I believe there's a follow-up to that terrible uh, date story coming soon, so you want to stay tuned <laughs> for that. Boy. Some other Patreon content, including possibly the Return of Cheap Podcast, so stay tuned for that as well, and the Monday Night oh, Movie, wow. and hopefully a new show in a similar vein as some stuff that we talked about here. I can't wait to see what people have to say about that, because, uh, yeah, I, like right we're trying to start something, I am getting weird criticism about that thing, and I Ooh. can't, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, cryptic but some people probably get it and who knows when it'll happen but i'm giving it a shot like a lot of fun things hopefully afoot but you gotta again if you want something to exist we're in a world where you kind of got to make that happen that's right uh, with your own dime but it's never been easier with patreon.com slash laser time and you can have over 100 movie commentaries with uh people like us on the show uh, that will watch movies with you it's fun (laughs) and uh hopefully play games with you if i can ever get this computer running properly (laughs) Again, it's it's been a tough time around here. Kev, where where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me mm-hmm. at Cap City Video Lounge in mm-hmm. Tallahassee, Florida, Railroad Square Art Park, Tallahassee's only video rental store and one screen movie theater. Yeah, and and uh, and your Facebook is just a wonderful, wonderful follow. Oh, well, what have you, you been doing? What what are those? Where'd you get that? Where are you finding this art for individual X Files episodes? Man, I am just looking around on Google and really <laughs> finding them. Yeah, there's all these different artists that keep putting out. It's fascinating, like yeah, a flyer some, for every X Files episode. It looks like there was some kind of challenge yeah. for people to make their own poster mm-hmm. art for every X Files episode. I found some it's real winners, man. Really, really yeah. cool. Uh, and Michael, where can people hear you? Hear more of you? Oh, I host a weekly podcast that you're also on mm-hmm. called Vigigame Apocalypse, which runs right here on the Laser Time Network. Or you can uh, check us out by going to vigigameapocalypse.com. Mm. And maybe check out uh, some some mad stuff on Amazon. If you like funny books, like uh, I swear, I don't know. I don't know what is a funnier comic than mad. Like what exists? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like there's certain comic books with narrative stories that are funny but i don't know of anything comparable introduction and, subversion comedy for kids yeah and it's not really out yeah. there and i'd even mm-hmm. mention mad for kids that was a short-lived magazine in the early 2000s oh, oh god for real like it sounds awful it does sound <laughs> awful it sounds like a rebrand of something that was failing uh that mm, also failed could be, could be. uh but yes it, yes listen to more of our shows maybe tell a friend about the network that would be nice in 30 2010 every single week where we look back 30 20 and 10 years ago back in time because we're looking at 89 when I became, that's that's my year where I became pop culture woke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll probably hear more about Mad Magazine stuff as we move forward. I think we were talking earlier about like a Mad Magazine. You were talking about the Home Alone 2 parody? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I remember it's a Home Alone 2 zit happens. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, like the Kevin McAllister character, just mm-hmm. has like a giant zit on his nose for the whole comic. It keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs> until it explodes and takes out Harry and Marv. Yeah. I, I, think, I think part of their... Because of Michael, you know this print lead times and the time it takes to draw a comic. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you were you would be getting these movie parodies sometimes up to like six months after the movie came out, and then at oh, yeah. s- certain points it like 
did these guys see the movie really early or do they come up with a joke based on the trailer and then make their satire? That strikes me of one of the, as one of those, yeah. as one of those. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you can probably guess where Home Alone 2 is going. So if you want to make a joke about the actor aging rapidly, <laughs> boom, we got this. There you go. Nailed it, said a 60-year-old guy. I want that on my desk by the end of the like week. Most <laughs> of the Home Alone 2 jokes that I remember were about it being the same movie again. Uh-huh. but. I didn't see it at the time, but that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just it was just more Home Alone to me, and it didn't matter. But uh, but yeah, we have Home Alone commentaries all over patreoncom slash time. Support support what you love if you can. We do appreciate your contributions. Thank you guys so much. Pick up something mad related and laugh, giggle a little bit. It's not a laugh your ass off. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye.